Next on BYU Sports Nation, how much does BYU football's number 20 national ranking mean right this moment? We are four weeks into the 2018 season. How would you define the BYU offense at this point? Plus, how close is the BYU pass attack to unleashing its full arsenal? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Tuesday, September 25th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who is already designing our Halloween costumes, Jerem Jordan. I am. Well, yeah, you're supposed to be doing that, right? I am. Aren't you the planner for that? What are, what? What are we going to do this year? We what? got a top Wayne and Garth from last year. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I am not the genius behind that. <laughs> that would be uh, El Jefe here, okay. Michael Miner. Okay. The Halloween specialist. I would say he's a specialist in much more than that. That's true. W- one of which includes Halloween. Wayne and Garth was pretty good last year. That was fun. Uh, I was more impressed by Gregor Bell as Ron Burgundy, and he was in character the yeah. entire two-hour show we did together. Yeah, yeah. Are you it's, kidding me? It's one me? thing to dress up as somebody, but to go full character on live I, television for two hours. I want to be Cosmo without the head. Can I do that? The headless Cosmo? The headless Cosmo? <laughs> by the way, Steve Young uh, <laughs> last night on... Uh, Haunting youths, nightmares everywhere. On ESPN on the... Uh, Monday Night Countdown pregame show, he he brought up Cosmo and come on, man. <laughs> oh, great, great moment. Great moment. First of all, he showed Cosmo dancing with the Cougarettes. To yes. Like, oh, he's he can ball. Known for his moves. Randy Moss is like, okay, okay. Yeah. And then he lost his head. And he's like, come on, man. We all lose our heads sometimes. Yes, we do. Yeah. Yes, we do. Hey, gather around for a preview of what's lined up on today's show. Blaine Fowler joins us in 15 minutes. What does BYU have to do against Washington? to validate that number 20 national ranking. Lauren McLean goes between the lines with BYU offensive lineman Tristan Hodge and Thomas Schof in about 30 minutes. Apparently they're petitioning for random things of awesomeness, Jerem. How can you They'll say no to those over. guys? They'll push you off your, over if you're not careful. Yeah, sign this petition. What's it for? Just sign it! Just sign it. Whoosh. And we go 2 on one with Dylan Colley in 40 minutes. What was it really like to celebrate on the sidelines in his return game to open up the season at Arizona with his brother Austin? Yeah, great stuff. And and how can the pass game improve? Is BYU better as an underdog? We ask all those questions. Bring on today's top stories across BYU Sports Nation. The 20th-ranked Cougars face another top 15 road test at number 11 Washington in Seattle this Saturday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, live on Fox National Countdown to kickoff live at 7.30 with your all-access pregame show on BYU TV. ESPN has two bowl projections for BYU. First, the Armed Forces Bowl versus Air Force on December 22nd in Fort Worth, Texas, or the Military Bowl versus Navy on December 31st in Annapolis, Maryland. Brett McMurphy of The Athletic projects BYU and Akron in the Frisco Bowl in, is that in Dallas? Frisco, Texas, or which Frisco, is Texas. part of the Dallas metro area. Yes, The Metroplex? Yep. BYU women's volleyball remains numero uno. They are number one for a third consecutive week in the ABCA poll. They open the first of three WCC matches this week when they face Pepperdine tonight in Malibu at 9 Eastern. 
Anna Kennedy and the BYU women's golf team are in third place after round one of the Coeur d'Alene Collegiate Championship. The final round of play is today at 3 Eastern. Good luck, ladies. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Four weeks into the season, BYU football has three wins and one loss. They have not allowed any of their opponents to score 24 points. Okay, Bronco. The Cougars have gone over 24 in their three wins, scored 18 in the loss to Cal. So you step back and think, all right, things are going pretty well. But with the fine-tooth comb, Jerem, four weeks into the season, what do you think of the offense? How would you define the BYU offense? Let's talk about the good and the bad, okay? The good is uh, Getty Lee. Rush! Rush. BYU's defined by its ability to run the ball. It's good, big offensive line. It's a new identity and definition. To me, BYU is defined by running the rock, the bad. Non-explosive. We addressed it yesterday. Let's address it today. BYU's 117th out of 130 teams with four plays of 30-plus. With pass plays specifically, the Cougars have two of 30-plus, one of which is Aleva Hifo to Moroni Lalu Pututel. Only five teams have fewer than that, okay? And BYU is one of eight teams without a 40-yard pass play. It's crazy, this, right? This is certainly something that needs to be addressed, okay? Um, this isn't just an—it's only an issue for the future. BYU is 3-1 and one and ranked 20th without it, but that's, that's in the past. I'm looking ahead. If BYU is going to do something more than, say, seven or eight wins this season, the pass game's got to show up. And I believe it will get better. I, I really do. And we'll hear from Jeff Grimes coming up in just a moment about what BYU worked on and— Didn't execute against McNeese, but hopefully they will in the next couple of games. BYU's offense is physical, disciplined, and I think they have been opportunistic. They have been granted some opportunities, whether they come on turnovers or good field position. They have hit the big play, mostly on the run, as you pointed out, just at the right times. Like they have had momentum-shifting plays in their favor at just the right time. Fun fact, BYU's two longest plays of the season are runs. Squally Canada versus Wisconsin, 44 and 46. Opportunistic offense for BYU. Physical, disciplined, opportunistic. Some Maybe people call that some people call that boring. Some people call it uh a little I don't, I don't want to say lackadaisical because it's not, but it it's not exciting. I'm not bored by three and one, but I will be bored if BYU loses a game at home they shouldn't because they can't complete a ball down the field past 30 yards. The, BYU's longest play of the season is 31 yards passing the ball, and it's on a trick play. Okay, and That was a great play. It really a was. A trick play is the antithesis of boring. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, BYU needs to stretch the field a little bit. BYU's uh, pretty right wing with this offense, right? Conservative, not going to take chances. But that's what it takes to win on the road is you don't turn the ball over. You take what the defense gives you, which, as boring as that sounds, has led to two Power 5 wins on the road. It's methodical. BYU has really pushed up their time of possession this season as well because they have an effective run game. Fun fact, BYU and Washington separated by one second of possession. Average. Wow. Nice, right? And until this year, a team like Alabama, you would say, typically has a boring offense. Well, now they've got a passing quarterback, so all of a sudden it's not boring. Well, they were spread the last couple years and slinging it. Quite a bit. Still, running the ball primarily in the Nick Saban era. Just be strong, physical, opportunistic. At 3-1 and one and number 20, it's being a little picky and evaluating what's not going well at this point. But we are seeing what BYU is capable of and what's holding the Cougars back from something special right now. Jeff Grimes agrees the pass game needs to improve. 
We worked really, really hard on those particular plays last week. We worked really hard on the passing game in general last week, more so than we had in previous weeks, honestly. Um, so to not be able to come away with more to show for it than that is is frustrating. And yes, if we if we're able to have an efficient day and move the football and score points, then ultimately that's our job on offense. But I just know that down the road we're going to have some games where we're going to have to throw the ball more efficiently in order to get the points needed to win. That's what I've been saying. So is the BYU pass offense that far from being good? Well, what is good? 200 yards a game? I would say 200 is good. That, that's a low number historically for BYU, but in this offense that would be a good number. Well, BYU is running the ball for somewhere between 175 and 200 per game. You look on a game-by-game basis. So – I don't know that there is they are that much far off because I don't think BYU needs that many more yards to hit the 200-yard mark. Yeah, BYU's averaging 157 a game. 90, 91st in the country. You complete one big pass play per game, and everybody is feeling way better about right, that'd be four, this BYU right? offense. Yeah. Okay? And in each game, BYU has had an opportunity to strike a big pass play. And for one reason or another, of course they do. It's it 60 minutes long. You better have at least gone. one. Well, what I'm saying is, Dallin Holker is a replay away from taking that big pass play. And Gunnar Romney, whether the ball was underthrown and he had to slow down, just make the play. Make the catch. Dylan yeah. Colley, make yeah. the catch. Tanner Mangum, don't overthrow Levahifo at Arizona. Bang, 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 bang. Those are four big plays right there. So I don't think that they are that far off. We would all be singing a different tune if BYU had even completed a couple of those plays just to show, like, the ex- the explosive nature. So, yes, it's frustrating, and it's not brain surgery. Yeah, Jeff Grimes is really bugged that BYU hasn't capitalized on something they've been focusing a lot of time on. But if the run game is going well, why would you spend a lot of time focusing on the rush game and not going to the pass game because in the future it will cost you like Jeff Graham said there's going to be a game where we're going to need to pass the ball uh to oh score I enough, agree to I score agree. enough points um but there have been opportunities here's what else Jeff Grimes said about the BYU pass game we've had a number of opportunities in these first four games for big plays in the passing game some that have even gone probably unseen um, at times, maybe there was a guy open and uh, the protection wasn't right, so the ball never got thrown or it didn't get thrown um, in the place that we would have liked for it to be thrown. So there's plenty of blame to go around, but there's no question we've got we've to get better at throwing the football and, and hopefully uh, better at completing some deep balls. At J Nails 21, they just beat Wisconsin without throwing it deep, though. We're not talking about a singular game. I'm talking about, like, future games in the rest of the season. Would BYU have beaten Cal if they had had a more efficient passing attack? Yes, because the run, BYU rushed for six yards in the second half. So, But I don't think that BYU beats Wisconsin if they beat Cal. So I'm fine with that loss because this is the best 3-1 and one BYU could have been. You think of all the wins that you could have or not. Guess what? Cal is ranked right now. That that's not a bad loss on BYU's resume, if you will, at, at the moment. And the two wins are both on the road in true road form. Yes, fantastic. This is the best teams. version of three and one through four that BYU could have had by far. I I believe that the pass game will get better, but this offense is not an aggressive offense by nature. So I'm not sure how much better it's going to be, but it can certainly be better. Yeah, well, and again, it goes back to my initial question, which is, well, what is good? 
What do, what do BYU fans think would be better, adequate or efficient or B- B- good? 164 a game, 113th out of 130 is bad. What would 200 be nationally? I don't know. We'll have to take a closer look at that. Yeah, it it needs to be more like 225 or two. I mean, if you who cares? I don't think two fifths. Who cares if you're well, efficient that, in the past that, game? If you're efficient and you can hit a big play? Yes, if you're winning games. BYU didn't win a game because they didn't have one. Like you don't want that to happen again. You didn't protect Lavelle's house because you couldn't pass the ball. <laughs> Lavelle's house requires that you pass the ball. This is BYU. Steve Young said it. Pass the ball. Granted, you don't necessarily agree with Steve Young. That I, I don't. The All DNA I, of BYU. I'm not passing. saying throw for 300. I'm saying throw for 225. All right, listen to this. Our stat of the day, which will bring a nice little bow to all of this current topic. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU is the 114th ranked team out of 130 in yards per completion. It is 9.9 yards per completion. Sounds like a lot, right? It's not. It's not. So driving the point home, BYU needs more explosive pass plays. And had they hit a few in the first four games, we'd all sing a different tune. But they haven't. So we need to see it. And to me, a bigger stat is that BYU is averaging five and a half yards per attempt. Per attempt. Five and a half is bad. BYU is 10th worst in the country. Yeah. Okay, so they're 121, 129. Again, BYU is 3-1. and They beat Wisconsin. Yes. That was that. We're looking ahead. Like, can BYU sustain this kind of passing offense and... Win more than eight games? I think the answer is no. I think BYU needs to be better. BYU currently owns its highest ranking since 2014. Maybe you've heard. They are number 20 this week. That's only two spots lower than the independent high of 18. BYU has not been ranked higher than 18th in eight years. They are two spots from that. But if you ask BYU's head ball coach, Kalani Satake, he ain't got time for rankings. Things are trending the right way, but I'm not really, we're not really focused on the, the rankings right now. We appreciate that people respect us and what we've done, but we don't have time for that stuff. We, we just got to get planned and get things fixed, and nobody cares about where you're ranked at right now. we got to go to work on Monday, and the weight, the weight room, the weights don't care what color shirt you're wearing, so it shouldn't really matter what number is attached to your name when you walk into a stadium. There are 10 coaches on the BYU football staff, and maybe the majority of them don't care. 11 now with, ranking. with Kalani. Right, 11. Everybody else seems to care a lot about the ranking. And I know that the coaches are doing a good job of trying to corral the excitement within the players and the team. Good luck in culture. 2018. All these guys know they're ranked on. <laughs> they enjoy it. They like recognition. Who doesn't want to be invited to the popular kids' party? Everyone's... Everyone has words of affirmation as a love language. Who doesn't to want to get that Everybody. invite? Yes, I know that the end of year party, the graduation party of college football that honors the, the best teams over the whole season is the biggest party. But in the meantime, you don't want to go to the biggest party of the week. Stop it. BYU doesn't party, Spencer. That's a conversation <laughs> for another time. With chocolate. You don't want to be hanging out at the cool party, the after party, with all of the important pe- Yes, you do. Most people care about it. And that is the challenge that the BYU coaches have, is trying to corral the excitement within the team. Because everybody else cares about it. Heaven knows we care about it. How much does the ranking mean right now? Because to Kalani, it doesn't mean anything. But how much does it mean right now? 
I've said the only way to quantify national relevance without a conference is by a national ranking. So BYU's ranked and relevant. You can quantify that. BYU's relevant right now. It's Nobody awesome. cares! Obviously, the end of the season is something of greater value. And that's my scheduling opinion is to get ranked at the end of the season. I think BYU needs to pull it back just a touch. I would take being ranked in October, by the way. BYU hasn't been ranked in the AP poll in October as an independent. Yes, they have. No. 2014, Utah State. One week, then. Yes. One single week in eight seasons. Yes. Okay. Uh, And then BYU loses, and they're out. Um, So a lot of people only value the end. Well, the means matter, the journey. It matters. That's like saying you won't enjoy your life until retirement. Uh, No. Enjoy it now and later. Like, enjoy being ranked 20th, but also get ranked at the end because that's all the good teams at the end, too. So it does matter. And the fact that BYU's been ranked one whole week in October, not at the end, not in November or even December, is not good enough. Hey, there's a big party this week. Nah, I don't, I don't really feel like going. Now, you, if, you're really if, obsessed with partying. If we, uh, it's an anti-BYU sentiment. I if think. if uh, you feel like inviting us to the end of your party, then great. Then they will consider that one. But Is there a pinata this party? don't want to, right? Come on. What kind of party is this? It matters. Say the word party. The like ranking matters right now. Everybody is excited about BYU football within BYU fandom because they have that little number 20 in front of them. Oh, don't let coach speak get you down, Spencer. Oh, it's on, not man. getting me down. It's well, not getting me you down. You seem fired up about this. Well, I am a little bit fired up about it because I that think the it's head okay. ball coach is ignoring it. I think it's okay to recognize it, but not be like, yeah, we don't care. So what do you wish Kalani said? I, I think address it and say, yes, you know what? We played hard so that we can be recognized like this. Now it's our opportunity to validate that week in and week out. Okay? So right now, yes, it's good. So embrace it. And yeah, why not? Why run, why run away from it? Why run away from it? Uh, I don't know. Coming up, would you sign a petition from two BYU linemen? Lauren McLean hits the streets in a new between the lines. Uh, yeah, that's a yes. They're Not huge. The, I wouldn't sign anything. And next, Blaine Fowler, Uncle B, joins us in studio. How would he define the BYU offense through four weeks? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tonight on BYU TV, break down Cougar football like nobody else with Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, Brian Logan, and David Nixon on After Further Review. Tonight at 7 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Listen to BYUSN On Demand by downloading the BYU Sports Nation podcast. You can always watch the show anytime, anywhere, however you like, by going to BYUSN.com and experiencing BYU Sports Nation, our question of the day. We just talked about this. How much does BYU's national ranking mean right now? At the Brentar 14 on Twitter. It absolutely means quite a bit. People are talking about BYU. Yes, they are. Game against Washington will be on a network. Fox, Fox National. If BYU wasn't ranked, they would probably wouldn't be on Fox National. FS1 or Pac-12 Network movie. It'll draw eyes for people who don't care about either team because it's a ranked versus ranked matchup. People will see the scores scrolling through the top 25 scores. Hashtag exposure. When I watched my Seahawks beat the Cowboys, I saw a promo for BYU versus Washington. That doesn't happen if BYU is not ranked. Hashtag BYUSN Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Joining us now in Studio B is Blaine Fowler. Uncle B, the man in Studio B right now. What's up, Blaine? What's up, guys? Let's start with this. How would you define BYU's offense through the first four weeks of the college football season? 
Like if I had to grade them, they just have an incomplete right now because they're just it's a work in progress. It's it's a new offense that I think that Jeff Grimes has a plan, a systematic plan that that he wants to roll out over the course of a season. And so it started with they had to have a mentality up front that nobody would push them around, that they could be physical, that they could run the football even when teams would load it against them and run the football. And then from that, um, and and part of that run game is a little more dynamic part of the run game with a fly sweep, so they're going to attack the edges in a little different way. BYU hasn't been good at attacking the edges in recent years, so he wanted to establish that. He's done it in a little different way. And then from there, play action pass and extend the game. So here's the next step. The next step is they have to be able to be more effective getting the ball downfield in the pass game. And not just verticals over the top, but some of the intermediate stuff, that mm-hmm. 15 to 20-yard area. Paging me, Matt Bushman. Exactly. To me, they're not real good at that yet. Not that they hadn't practiced that during fall camp, because we saw them do that, but I think in the evolution of this offense, that's the next step for it to get better. So now they're an, aver- they're an average offense. Remember, they weren't good at all last year. So they're, they're a very good team defensively. They're an average team offensively. And you add an intermediate passing game, and then the next step after that is now you add a vertical passing game. And, and all of a sudden, with the defense they're putting out on the field, now they're really, really hard to beat for anybody. And, and I think they played a little close to the vest early because they felt like the, the teams that they've been playing have not been real dynamic offense. Arizona, they felt if they could keep uh, Tate in the, in the box, that they weren't going to be real dynamic offensively and they could keep the score down. So the main thing that was don't turn it over. Mm. So manage the game. Now Cal got away from a little bit with some big plays, and Cal confused them a little bit on the front. And so that was a step backward. But then against Wisconsin, same thing. Wisconsin's not going to overwhelm you and go score 50 on you. So it was don't turn it over, stay close, and win the game. So the game plans have been good. Now this last week, it's hard not to have a rough time starting against a team. No matter how much you're telling the kids that these guys are great, they're, it's hard to get them going because they're watching the film. But once they got going, once Kalani told them how much he loved them, that's what Kalani said. Yeah, that's not something what he like said. that. He didn't say that. <laughs> he told them it was completely unacceptable in terms of effort and what he was seeing, and it changed. Um, th- then they were able to run away with that one. So now. This week, here comes a team that's more dynamic offensively than who they've played. So BYU's going to have to be – so they have to take that next step this week if they're going to have a chance. They've got to be more dynamic offensively. They've got to be able to throw some intermediate throws and maybe a throw over the top. Against the best secondary they'll face all year. This this is a phenomenal – the corners especially are really good. And their backers run in space really well. So this this is a team that's given up 12 points a game. So this is a – Big-time, top-ten-type defense that doesn't have a weakness, and, but BYU's going to have to make it loosen up by getting some intermediate balls out there. So this is the week they better take one more step forward offensively or they'll lose. And then the week after that, BYU plays the Utah State team averaging 52. So there you go. Right. How much does the ranking for BYU matter right now, to, in your opinion? I think it's really important. I know Kalani's like, well, we can't really worry about that. But, hey, even when I played and we were in a league – you, we still, it was like, so we're in the whack, right? So what? What are we ranked nationally? And, you, and we could act like when we talked to the media that we didn't look at it. But every 
week when that ranking came out, we looked to see where we were because it was something to play for, to defend your national ranking. You want to be in the elite. You want to be when the TV's going on every channel on the ticker on the bottom when you're in the top 25. You want to be on ESPN's highlights every week. And so it's something to defend. It matters a ton. And whether they deserve to be 20 or not, who knows? But And it matters more in independence because there's no conference. It's something to defend. BYU's conference is, in a lot of ways, the national ranking. It's, BYU's conference is the top 25 right now. That just became their conference. <laughs> yes. And they've got they to win and stay in the conference race. I thought BYU was playing for the independent conference championship. I've been wrong this whole time. My bad. Okay, so here's a question. What does BYU have to do against Washington to validate that they deserve the number 20 ranking? See, they don't even have to win on the road up there. Because people are watching and going, okay, Washington's a top... You know, some say they're a top 10 team, just outside the top 10 team. But they're certainly well-respected, and they were... Washington was respected in a loss to Auburn, right? So BYU could be respected in a loss. If that game comes down to the wire and and they lose it in a close game on the road at Washington, people are going to still go, okay, they're okay. And they may even drop back to 25 or maybe even barely out of the top 25. Like but UCLA 2015 this happened. Right. So if they, but then if they get rolling just a little bit and win another couple of games in a row, they're right back in the top 25. So Washington is not a loss to Washington in a competitive game does not damage their ability to get into the top 25 and stay in it for the rest of the year. We look forward to after further review tonight, breaking down McNeese and looking ahead to the top 20 matchup. But BYU. Is someone going to pick BYU? I, I don't, I don't want to leave you guys thinking that I don't think they can beat Washington. If you can beat Wisconsin, you can beat Wisconsin. You can beat. And I watched Arizona State hang with them. So Yes. It's, it's, if you tied any semblance of an offense. You guys are supposed to say, game. so you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> Blaine, that's your line. You love that I'm line, I'm telling dude. you there's a chance. Love it, Blaine. You All love right, guys. It. Thanks. Coming up, we go two-on-one with BYU wide receiver Dylan Colley. What needs to happen with the BYU pass game starting Saturday? And it's a big man on campus edition of Between the Lines. Lauren McLean hit campus with two of the big beauties up front. They want people to sign petitions. How do you say no to them? This is BYU Sports Nation. Check out BYU Sports Nation right now with Kiki Solano with the latest in Cougar Sports with a social media twist. Watch it right now on the BYU, uh, BYU Sports Nation Facebook, IGTV, Twitter, and YouTube accounts. Kiki uh, fired the George Q. Cannon on Saturday. That was a big deal because the first game she got scared, and then the second game she actually got to fire the cannon, <laughs> which is awesome. Did she interview Cosmo after he lost his head? She actually did. Yeah, <laughs> she did. Yeah. We now present today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. 20th ranked BYU. Maybe you care about the ranking. Maybe you don't. Who doesn't besides Kalani? The 20th ranked Cougars take on number 11 Washington in Seattle. Very tough place to play this Saturday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 Mountain. Fox National kickoff. BYU 1-1 one one this season against the Pac-12, win against Arizona, lost to Cal. 4-5 all-time against UW. This is the first time BYU will play in a top-20 matchup in independence since the Cougars lost at UCLA by one back in 2015. Just the second time, uh, period, for a ranked matchup in independence. ESPN has two bowl projections for BYU. First, the Armed Forces Bowl versus Air Force on December 22nd in Fort Worth, Texas. Or the Military Bowl versus Navy on December 31st in Annapolis, Maryland, and Brett McMurphy of The Athletic has BYU versus who again? Akron, the Zips. The Zips in the Frisco Bowl. BYU women's volleyball still number one in this week's ABCA poll. That's three weeks in a row. They take on Pepperdine tonight to open up a three-game West Coast Conference stretch. 
They're in Malibu, 9 Eastern. Watch it live on ESPNU. Pepperdine has won four of their last five matches. And Anna Kennedy and the BYU women's golf team are in third place after round one of the Coeur d'Alene Collegiate Championship. The final round of play is today at 3 Eastern. We welcome Lauren Franco mclean on to the set in Studio B. Great to have you back with us, Lauren. Hi, Lauren. Good to be here. Hi. What's up? Very enthusiastic. Hi. Hi. Trying to project energy. (laughs) I appreciate it. What's up? Oh, well, we just are excited about... Apparently, petitioning with offensive We've heard linemen about, on yeah. campus this petitioning week. Petitioning at BYU—that's a unique thing. It is a really unique thing. Listen, the offensive line has done a phenomenal job in these first four games, and we wanted to give them a little bit of love. People call them the big uglies. No, no, that's really the big rude. beauties. The big beauties. I yes. like that a lot better. Right? right. Unfortunately, that wasn't one of the petitions we had them go sign. What the catch was? First of all, Thomas Shove and Tristan Hodge are some individuals. They are some unique. That is a gentlemen. scientific fact. And uh, so they were perfect picks to go do this. We didn't tell them what they were going to be petitioning for until they turned the page while they were talking to people. So let's see how they did. Let's go between the lines. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines. I'm with offensive linemen Tristan Hodge and Thomas Schoff. They have to see how many people they can get to sign these four petitions without looking at them first. Are you guys ready for this? No. These guys look great. How many people you got rejected by? Magic. That one was good. I have a quick question for you two. I'm getting a petition signed. Would you be willing to sign it? What is it? That's a good question. I'm having this petition signed to have Heather Olmstead let me play for the women's volleyball team. My petition is to, I want people to start calling me Shof Time on BYU TV. I know they're doing well, but I think they can do better. Would you support that? Um, yes. It's a great name. Thanks. That's what I thought, even though I didn't come up with it. No. No. I can't, man. How could you? Good man. Would you be willing to um, make woodworking a collegiate sport? Ooh. Well, I worked in a lumber mill for a few years. That's so. basically the same thing. Just about. It's similar to, you know, marine biology in that most people don't really know much about it. I don't know if I'd be willing. Are you sure? Sure, no problem. Okay. I'll sign Sounds good. Thank you. How many names? More than the other guy. Excuse me, sir. Oh. No. Such a hostile campus. I perhaps got the greatest petition known to man that I need you to sign for Coach Itake to grow a mustache. Yes! Yes? Oh, there's a picture on the back if you want to look. It's, oh, it's a sneak peek of the magic. I am in full support. I am yeah. in full support. Yeah, sure. I can, I can go on You that. can get behind that. Oh, yeah. Would you like to support this valiant cause? I would, I would be happy. Oh. How long is he going to keep the mustache? Hopefully forever. Hopefully forever. Okay. Which direction should we go, cameraman? This way. Do you watch football? Not often, no. We'll skip that one. I do have a question for you. I signed that oh, for the did? other guy. Whoa. Then will you sign two for me? Yeah. Yes. Okay, the first one is to make the offensive line a Heisman Trophy candidate. Do you know who the offensive line is? Yeah. You are. <laughs> Am I? Yes. Okay. What's my name? Thomas Show. Ooh, she's good. Right here. Oh, awkward. <laughs> Without the offensive line, we can't play football. And everybody likes football, so we should vote for the offensive line. Okay. All right. Tristan, I poached. I don't want to become a woman in the business club member, mostly because I don't fit that. But I do have a petition for y'all if y'all are interested. Mine's actually cooler. A new rock dance move. 
See, but that's not cool. But mine's cool because the offensive line's never been a Heisman Trophy candidate before. I'll sign it because you're doing yes. better than last oh, year. I got all three. I'm not that great of a salesman. I'm a political science major. Ladies, th this is, oh, this is not an interview. No, this is a petition for a new rock dance. I'm not the best dancer in the world. They just, they just tell me to do these things. So we're going to kind of go back in time to the 70s, to the old... You gotta tell everybody in the crowd. That's it. That's it. That's it. It's that simple. You guys behind that? Sure. Yes. Hi, what's your name? I'm Robert. Robert, would you be willing to sign a petition for me? Uh, what for? Well, let's find out. This one's about making Columbus, Indiana the new United States capital. Ooh. Really? Uh, no. Where are you from? Maine. Maine. St. <laughs> George. St. George? Finland. Finland. <laughs> So, what's the capital of Finland? Helsinki. Do you know the capital of the United States? It should be the Columbus, Indiana. That's all you need to know. So Indiana is the crossroads of America. So, what better place to make the, the capital the center of the United States? Yeah, drain the swamp. Hey, sir, great no, to see you. No, no. <laughs> Still not signing your petitions. So, how did it go? Fantastic for me. Went well for me too, dude. All right, there's only one way to solve this. Count up your signatures. 24. 36. Oh! Because I got 18, but mine count is double. What? So I, so I win. So no. really, Christian won. All right, guys, I need a concluding statement from you. Coach Taki has to grow a mustache. I concur. That's it. All right, Coach, grow a mustache. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I want to hire those guys as my personal bodyguards. We'd have a blast. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Next week on Between the Lines, we're going to be hanging out with the men's golf team and getting to know some of their unique talents. Follow us on Twitter at BYU underscore BTL using the hashtag BYU BTL. There's like a physical intimidation factor too. Like, will you sign this? Yes. Well, he's like, are you sure? And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> they, they can't sign I love it. the people who are just like, they see the approach. Like one said, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Okay. Hey, he was on a mission, man. We're on campus a lot. They're yeah. catching on. Yeah, they're, they're like, oh, on. here comes Lauren doing something crazy <laughs> again. There's that one girl again. Let's yeah. get out of here. Lauren McLean, thank you. That was awesome. great. Thanks, guys. See Coming you up, is BYU a better football team as an underdog on the road? We'll ask receiver Dylan Culley. Vegas thinks you stink. Plus, he takes us inside what it's like having Austin, his older brother, on the sidelines, specifically at the Arizona game. There were many celebrations. This is BYU Sports Nation. There was much rejoicing. Between the Lines is presented by Tim Daly Ford and the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tonight at 8 Eastern, watch BYU football with Kalani Satake. As host Gregor Bell talks with Satake, offensive lineman Austin Hoyt, and receivers coach Fessy Satake, his cousin slash brother. It's tonight at 8 Eastern on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and the apps. It's a compelling story about Fessy and Kalani. You're going to want to watch it. Believe that. Or listen. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, my friends. Look, this is believe that. our question of the day. Yes. Believe that. Believe that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen Blue Streak? You need to see the movie Blue Streak. I don't think I have. With Luke Wilson and Martin Lawrence. It's so funny. 90s? Um, late 90s, early 2000s? I was going to say, Martin Lawrence. Early 2000? Martin oh, Lawrence. so funny. It's not recent. So right? funny. Yeah. Okay, our question of the day. How much does BYU's national ranking mean right now? At BR Lemon on Twitter. 
It's fun to see, but doesn't really mean too much. What do you... BYU is on Fox National because they are ranked. Their highlights are on SportsCenter because they are ranked. Definitely made for a more interesting season than originally thought. So you're saying it does mean something. Early season rankings aren't very meaningful no matter who the team is. Nope, I think Alabama's number one ranking means a lot right now. I, <laughs> why, why are we so afraid of embracing the ranking? Stop it. 24-7 on social media. Use the hashtag BYUSN to join that conversation. Uh, Dylan Colley is a well-spoken young man. I like Dylan. And he gave us some great insight into what the heck happened on that double reverse with Micah Simon <laughs> and what it was like to really celebrate with his brother Austin in his return game when BYU opened the season at Arizona, among other things. This is a fantastic interview. Two-on-one BYU Sports Nation all-access with Dylan Colley. Dylan, BYU football is ranked in the top 20 for the first time in four years. And I know that your coaches have coached you to address this and approach it very carefully. So how do you take the number 20 national ranking in stride and, and not let it get to your, your minds and your heads? Yeah, I think the one thing that you do is you look at it on Sunday, you see it, you smile, you enjoy it, and then you come ready and you, know, you look at the bigger picture, and that's Washington this week. So, I mean, yeah, it's fun, but it's not the, the big scheme of things. It's not the most important thing. What were some of your and the team's top takeaways from the win over McNeese? Yeah, I think that there's a lot of room to grow. I mean, was it a perfect game? Absolutely not. Should there have been more points on the board? Absolutely. And I think that just comes down to, you know, everyone really looking and seeing, you know, what what can I do better? And I think that's going to be a great opportunity to do today, this afternoon when we watch film. What do you feel like you and the receivers can do better? Yeah, I mean, I think we just got to gain, a, you know, the ability to sit there and go that we, you know, we can run routes, we can catch the ball, and we have to be able to prove that and um, gain a relationship with the with the quarterback so that they can trust that and they know that we are available and ready to go. But no matter what the game plan is, man, like our mindset is just to go out and do our job the best that we can. Kind of weird that through four games, the longest pass play is 31 yards. There have been shots taken down the field, um, but like you said, just need to complete those. So what are some of the keys to making sure, hey, let's get a couple more chunk plays in the passing game? Yeah, I mean, I think that just comes down to what we're doing every single day in practice. And, you know, there needs to be, you know, more focus on beginning and before practice and after practice and um, being able to work with those guys one-on-ones because there's only so much that the coaches can do. They can plug in a mindset. They can plug in a game plan. And it's up to us to really execute as the 11 guys on the field. And so um, what we can do as individuals and what we can do as a group together as the players, that's really where it's going to come into play and you know we just need to do some more of that and that's that's clear but right now it's hard not to be happy with where we're at as a team and um pretty cool to to see the success that or the success that we're having BYU senior wide receiver Dylan Colley with us how would you rate your individual performance through the first four games of the season yeah I mean it's a it's a it's a it's a growing game and it is it hasn't been perfect absolutely not um, have there been times where I kind of look at and focus on what could I have done better every single day? But, uh, you know, through the first four games, I think I've, I've, I've done okay to, you know, be someone that is, is dependable and reliable in, in certain situations. And so now it's just a matter of getting that trust through every single play and being a, you know, first down to fourth down guy. And, um, you know, that, that just comes with what I do from, from Monday to Friday. You're one of the jet sweep guys. Uh, describe how that has opened up the run game north and south as you guys go east and west absolutely 
I mean, you think about the confusion on a, on a highway when people are going east and west and north and south. You can only imagine what it does to a defense in a confined box. And so the ability to take one, two, three guys away from, from the box um, is, is huge. And so that just opens up holes both you know, going north and south and east and west. And I think that's why we do have so many huge runs with you know, Squally and Zach. And you know, whether it be me, Leva, or Dax, there's, there's opportunities where we're running the ball eight yards a carry simply off deception. I know that there are options when you come to the line and Tanner can, can change it up. Uh, so at what point do you know, okay, it's actually coming to me and I'm going to be running on the jet sweep? I can't share all the secrets, but there are certain times, you know, just depending on reads, depending on, you know, amount of guys in the box and things like that where you can kind of tell, okay, this is probably going to be a better situation. Now it's up to Tanner to really make that decision and, you know, it's a, it's a 50-50 go and so you just always got to be ready for it and, you know, unfortunately, Saturday, there was one where I wasn't ready for it. And, <laughs> and, and, that's, and that's unfortunate and, and things like that. But that's what, uh, that's what learning and growing is for. That's the growth mindset. Yes, I don't know if growth, you've heard about Yeah. We, we were talking about that before this interview, the growth mindset. Uh, in that moment when you got it and then you, you give it to Micah, did, what did Micah say after the game? Because it, it just felt really rushed. Yeah, yeah, no, it came hot. It definitely came hot out of my hands. And so um, both those situations were, were – you know, where you, you see a new situation, you see guys flying at you, and you want to be quick about it, but you just got to keep your composure. And, you know, I was, I was a little, uh, little hot off the press there, so <laughs> that's, that's my bad. Back to the jet sweep. How are your brake pads? Because when you get that ball and you turn up field, you have got to stop on a dime. So what, what kind of technique or things go into that? Yeah, I mean, I think that just starts in the summer. That's the ability to do the change of direction drills that we do with our strength conditioning staff and, you know, the things that we're doing on the side and making sure that, you know, you have power in every aspect of your leg and, and you're ready to go no matter what. And it also just comes down to your natural athletic ability. We've been playing football for a long time. And so the opportunity to really kind of get that ball and turn it into a backyard game, um, that's, that's one of the most fun aspects of football. What do you know about Washington's secondary specifically and what you're going up against uh, with their past defenders? Yeah, I mean, I think it's very clear that they got some ballers back there. I mean, it's a, it's a very respectable group. They're very athletic. Um, but as in every you know defense and every defensive back, there's there's holes to to be taken advantage of, and so um, I think really what it's going to come down to is how precise we can be this week, and how you know we just take everything, and every every day is going to need to be a perfect practice because you know this team is extremely good, and so as long as we're progressing and getting better, and we go on with the same mindset that we had, you know, Saturday and the Saturday before that and the Saturday before that, we'll be we'll be just fine. I feel like BYU's performed better in the two games on the road, underdog, uh, you know, double-digit Heisman, Canada on the other side. Is there something to that? Now here comes Washington, and it's a similar situation, right? Vegas says 17-point dog, which is a huge number, right? Is there a, an extra level of urgency when that kind of stuff comes out before a game, or is it the case? Um, I don't think it's the, the stuff that comes out in the media. I think it's just more so the natural uh, occurrence that goes on in your head. And it's a matter of how, how, how can we take that and apply that to every single game and not just games like this. And so um, I do like the way that it has been set up to where we do have learning opportunities every single week to be able to say, okay, this week we do have this situation and this is how we're going to have to play. And so as we can take that and do that all 12, 13 games of the season, you know, I think that's where you're going to find you know, plaques and awards and honors and everything like that. So. Yeah, the mental edge that comes from being an underdog is one that, as you said, just kind of naturally comes in your mind. So uh, what, how would you explain the mental edge of the team right now, knowing 
that you're going into Washington as a two and a half touchdown underdog. Yeah, I mean, you you know that everyone does have a little bit of urgency, um, and it's something that's been growing since week one, since we went to Arizona and we did what we did there. And so to be able to just carry over and stack that on top of each other, it's a lot easier to do that than to try and stack it on after zero wins. And so the ability that we've had to go into other places and, and take advantage of those opportunities, I mean, there's there's a, a hulk that's kind of being built about it. And so as long as we just keep growing, then that's the bigger we'll get. Yeah, what do we need to do as media guys to make the hulk come out? You tell us. <laughs> no, I mean, you guys do a great job. You guys are a good friend to the, to the community and, and, to, and to our program. I think, you know, really ultimately is as long as people understand that we're doing what we can every single day. Um, it's it's uh, it's a fun game to watch, but it's not that easy of a game to play. And so our daily lives are are consumed with what we can do to make this program, you know, excel and succeed in the way that it did ten years ago and five years ago, and all these different things. So um, we're not perfect. We're not, you know, we're not monsters. We're not, you know, freaks of nature. What we are is is human beings who love to play this game and we love to play it for this community and this culture. And so um, just helping people understand that, you know, we are human. Um, but but we do do everything that we can to be successful and, and make make fans happy. Some guys in that locker room are freaks of nature, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Corbin, <laughs> Kyrus, Mo, just to name a few. Sione. Sione is a freak. Of is nature. a freak of nature in yeah. his mind. Like an absolute freak of nature. <laughs> you, you brought up ten years ago. Ten years ago was the last time BYU played in Seattle. Brother Austin was on that team. BYU won because they blocked a PAT. So. What's the conversation going to be like with Austin this week? Because he won up there, and that's the only BYU win in Seattle in four tries. I like that. You know, I, I remember that game very clearly, and that game was, uh, it was a fun one to watch. And I think the, the mindset that, that he's kind of instilled in the conversation that we have every single week is the exact same. And that's just, you know, do what you can to contribute and be the best player that you can be and help this team win games. And so, you know, when things change, that's when your mind changes. And so every single game is, is the exact same no matter who we're going against. My favorite moment on the season on the sidelines probably is still during the Arizona game after you make that catch and Austin sprints 40 yards down into the middle of a huddle of players and is like celebrating with you. No, that was that was definitely one of the more special moments. And, and if, if you've seen Austin and you've watched Austin and those th- types of things, that is uh, that is not the Cauley personality for him to do that. And so to see him down there was pretty uh, it was it was energizing. It was fun because it was very different. Let's rewind to that game just for a second. Those moments with Austin first. Um, before the game, did you did you know he was one of the flag bearers? Uh, because he met you out of the field, and it was this really cool moment. Yeah, no, I actually didn't. I had no idea. I just knew that he was with Dennis and Max, and I didn't think really anything of it. I just knew that they were all coming down to the game. And so um, when I did run out there, I take my usual sprint all the way down to the end zone, and uh, you know to see him down there was it was it was sweet, and it was a special surprise because I really wasn't expecting him down there, and I wasn't expecting that embrace. And so to be able to have that, it really. It really got me going and put uh, put this entire experience into perspective on on how special it is for for me and our family to be back here. Great stuff, Dylan. We appreciate the time. Wait, I wanted to ask. Oh, you want to ask one more? I to ask one oh, more. Okay, all so, right, here so, we go. So Austin thinks that the ball on the punt return. Oh yeah. Okay, here he, we go. He he calls out from the sideline. Maybe you don't know this. You're looking at me no. like you don't know. You you tell it because you were with us. Okay, yeah. so I'm on the sideline with Dennis and Max and Austin, and that punt comes down and. Kalani challenges the play right. because they think it hit the back of the Arizona defender's heel. Well, guess who's vocal about Because that? of Austin saying, oh, no, it hit, it hit his foot. So yeah. Kalani looks down and says, did it hit him? And he's like, I think so. <laughs> it didn't hit him. He said, I was so, yeah. sure in the moment. Yeah. And then Kalani yeah. looked at me, and I was a little scared. <laughs> Your reaction to Austin costing BYU time. <laughs> Listen. 
I think, you know, sometimes there's a, there's a, a confident energy that we carry. And so when we see something, there's, you know, we want to make sure that it's known that we saw it. And if it happened, and did I, do I think that he thought he was going to get that reaction or that type of confidence from Kalani? Probably not. But, <laughs> uh, and that kind of made him think twice. And so I haven't, it hasn't been brought up to me yet. So I didn't know that happened. Yeah. So now that you guys did, now I can bring it up to him. You should ask Austin and Dennis about Luckily, that. Luckily, you didn't need that timeout later. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Luckily, we put ourselves in a yeah. pretty good position. Austin doesn't hesitate often, but when Kalani stared at him with the fiery gaze, he was like, ugh. <laughs> I think so. Exactly. Hey, trust me. I, I've, I've been there. Yeah. All right. Great stuff, man. We appreciate the time. Good luck against Washington. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma. It's like good luck. Yeah. Go yeah. to Seattle. They didn't give you this at Hawaii. No, okay. At BYU, you get it. So good luck in Seattle. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I love Dylan Cully. Coming up, where are the Cougars projected to go bowling? Plus, BYU hoops retreat to Fenway Park in Boston. Thanks for the invite. More on that next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Go Mariners. Shout out to today's guests, Blaine Fowler and Dylan College. If you missed any of the show, download the podcast. Go to BYUSN.com to view full episodes. We ran out of time for Dennis Pitta, so let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. Bowl projections from ESPN.com project BYU in the Armed Forces Bowl versus Air Force or the Military Bowl versus Navy. Volleyball. BYU women's volleyball still number one in the latest AVCA poll. They play Pepperdine tonight in Malibu at 9 Eastern on ESPNU. Golf. The women's team plays the final round of the Coeur d'Alene Cordon Bleu Collegiate Championship 3 Eastern and are currently in third. Sounds delicious. Today's rise and shout goes to the BYU basketball coaching staff getting away one last time prior to the season getting underway. This from Director of Basketball Operations Andrew May. A Twitter full screen picture of the staff at Fenway Park with this caption. Red Sox set franchise record tonight. They were there. Great stuff. I know, I know Tim Lacombe's a huge Red Sox fan. Uh, yes. Super happy for the uh, Red Sox as my Mariners were. Look, they've had some tough times over it. the last decade, Jeremy. It's good to see the Red Sox enjoy some success. <laughs> <laughs> Our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, celebrating 50 years. We asked this question. How much does BYU's national ranking mean right now? Yes. At WHOP17 on Twitter. Things are going great, and they're only getting better. I'm doing all right, getting good grades. The future's so bright, I got to wear blue shades. Yeah, baby. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and the Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUS. Embrace the ranking. There's no settling on it. Just embrace it. It's okay. It's fun. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Let's shout out to Scott Collins. Oh, Papa Collins, yeah. 302 career receptions from that family. Go Cougs.